Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. All right. You happy to be in church yet? Me too. I'm glad you're here. I have somebody to preach to. So take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 12 as we're finishing our series called Under Control. We've been talking about how you really can control what you think. As a matter of fact, not only do you have the ability, but you have the responsibility to do it as a child of God. It marks maturity in a believer's life, believe it or not. It does. It is how you mature by the renewal process. Last week we talked about um, out of 2 Corinthians 10 and how we set up strongholds in our minds and what strongholds are and what strongholds aren't, right? Some people think a stronghold is walking out of these doors and looking up at the sky and rebuking strongholds. But according to the Scriptures, it teaches us that strongholds are what we build up in our mind, these thoughts, contradictions, and imaginations. And so we're, if we're going to change a city, it's not going to happen because we, we speak to the sky, but we help men change their minds and we change people's minds, then we change a city. If a family wants to be changed, then their minds have to change. Amen? And so we've got to understand how God has brought us, given us the ability to see change in our life. And it is by a renewing process. And, um, and so I want to encourage all of you to remember that those thoughts and contradictions and imaginations, you might find yourself in cycles going through the same motions, doing the same thing because you have thought patterns that have worked against you rather than for you. And there are good strongholds to have in your life, and those good strongholds are built on the Word of the living God. And it causes you then to live in a reality called the promises of God. See, those promises are there not, to, not for us to just look into and go, boy, that sure is great. That's neat that God did that for me. All right, He actually wants you to live in that, to experience that in your everyday life, in your marriage, in your, in your children's lives, you on your job, uh, in, uh, in every way, in your body, every, spirit, soul, and body. And God has accomplished a great work for us. It's a thorough work. But, but He has things for us to do in order to experience the power of that work in our lives and its effect. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world. So it's teaching us that this world has a force to it. And it is, it is continually trying to squeeze us and mold us into its ideals, its philosophies, its way of doing business. But it says, don't be conformed to, the, to this world, but be transformed. I say transformed. By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I don't know about you, but I want to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And we find out how to do that by the renewing of our mind. So the first thing we really learn from this scripture, and you might write this down, or you can go to Version, the Version app on your phone or iPad or iPod, whatever you've got, and search One Cause Church, and these notes are there. But if you're taking notes, you might write this down. Renewal is not a destination, it is a journey. By the renewing of your mind, it says, it is a continuation. It is a continual process. It's a lifestyle that the believer must have. And my question to you is today, if you were to describe your lifestyle, would renewing be part of your lifestyle? 
would continually looking to change and fashion yourself into what God has called you to be? Are you, real, are you truly renewing yourself to go after what God has given you, to receive the kind of life that He's come to bring you? Amen? Renewing the mind to God's Word is how you grow spiritually. You can't change your spirit, but Jesus did. He can. He's actually the only one that can because we were dead in our trespasses. We were, we, we were, it wasn't the fact that we were sinners that was making us sin. The fact that we were sin, and that's how we were, that's why it was causing us to sin. Not because what by what we did, but by our condition of who we were. Dead in sin. But then Christ made us alive making that dead spirit come to life and old things were passed away. You became a new creation in Christ Jesus. So there was nothing you could do except believe on Christ and that empowered you to have a new spirit, a living spirit, an eternal living spirit. And then you, there's nothing you can do about your body either. I mean, you can exercise and you can try to eat right, but you're always going to have these appetites and things that the body is craving that you continually have to keep under control. Anybody live long enough to understand that if your body wants to, if you let it take control, it will take control, right? So you have to continually rein it in. You know, that's why we have phrases like everything in moderation, right? So that, and the Bible teaches us about self-control, but ultimately you really can't do anything about those cravings and those appetites because you live in the flesh, right? That's what the flesh does. The Bible says the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. The two are contrary to one another. But there is a day coming when Jesus is going to give you a new body, and that body is going to have appetites and cravings to serve Him. Hallelujah. It'll never, ever, ever get broke down. It won't be in pain. It won't be sick. It won't be diseased. Hallelujah. It won't fight against you. It's going to forever do the will of God. Isn't that, a great, isn't that great news to us? Understand that this is not everything. Hallelujah. So we can't do anything about the spirit, and we can't do anything about the body, but we can change the way we think by renewing our minds. A renewed mind is the mind of Christ. Now, you and I are not there yet, but that's where we're headed if we're continually renewing. Now, are you one of those hard-headed people, one of those people that are stuck in your ways, you don't like change, never want, never want to change, or are you in the renewing process in your life? It's an action that you take every day. Now, take your Bible and turn to Philippians chapter 1. Are you guys all right? Yeah. All right. Philippians 1 verse 9, Paul says, In this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. So you can't love if you don't know the things of God or, and discern in a godly way. You might write this down. Our love grows as our knowledge grows. Our love grows as our knowledge grows. Part of renewing the mind is learning God's ways, getting God's knowledge in your life so that love can increase, it can abound in you and through you. Philippians chapter 2, let's go over to the next chapter, verse 2. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Everybody say like-minded. Pastor Everett, you preached a little bit on this on Wednesday night, didn't you? Like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or, or conceit, 
but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. So here, the, this, what, what this verse shows us is that being like-minded with other believers is the cure to the hideous disease known as selfishness. Being like-minded with other believers fixes that. All right? And see, when you're like-minded, this is what this is right here, what I'm looking at. I'm looking at people. You've all come to one building because you have a like mind. One Cause Church is the best church in town. Amen? So you, you all came here. Uh, maybe you don't think that, but I'm, I'm just going to pretend like that is what your thought is. All right? That you came here today uh, and because you came, we all come in one building. This shows that we're all like-minded. Now, we're all different. We're all unique. But listen to me. We can do something great in all of our uniqueness and differences when we're like-minded. Right? That's why it's not good for Christians to, to be so disagreeable. Well, I, don't, I, I know that that's what the church is doing, but I don't want to do that. I know what that's, that's what the pastor said, but I don't agree with that. There's always in disagreement, always resisting. And like-mindedness is what empowers us to do something together for God's kingdom. Let's just put some things aside and do something for God. Amen? Let's really impact our city and make a difference here. We're not going to do that apart. We have to do that together. Amen? Now, now, in verse 5 of, Phila of Philippians, <laughs> Philippians 2, it says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. I, have you ever thought of that? Let this mind be in you. So my question to you is, what kind of mind is in you? What mind are you allowing to, to, uh, uh, to fashion and form your life? None of us fully have the mind of Christ, but... We are on our way as long as we are renewing our minds. Amen? I heard about a guy who bought a new radio and, and, and brought it home, plugged it in, put it on top of his refrigerator, tuned it into one station where the Grand Ole Opry played all the time, and he pulled all the knobs off. That was it. Because he tuned in to all he ever wanted and expected to hear. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what a mind that is unrenewed looks like. Right? You have to be continually in the change process. Let this mind, notice what it says, let this mind be in you. God's not going to force that mind on you. Now, remember we talked a little bit last week about how you got saved, right? You got saved, Jesus did a wonderful work inside of you. And I mean, I've talked to people before and they begin to question their salvation. They actually question the authenticity of their salvation based on what's going through their minds. Pastor, I don't know if I shouldn't be thinking these thoughts if I'm really saved. Welcome to planet Earth. Yeah, Christian. Yeah. See, he, <laughs> he saved your spirit, but you've got, you've got to renew your mind. That's your responsibility. Now, God's there to influence you, and he's given you this mind that you can have, but you have to let that mind be in you. He's not going to cross over your free will and make that happen. Right? And you cannot treat your mind like a demon. You can't cast it out. You have to change it. You have to renew it, right? There's only one thing to do with the demon. You cast it out, right? But the mind, you just got to change it. Hallelujah. And remember what we talked about last week also. Remember, the dominant interest of the mind is what causes the will to follow. So if you don't like the patterns in your life, you're going to have to change what's going in your mind so that your will has the power to do something else. Amen? Is this helping you? 
All right, Philippians chapter 3, let's look at verse 12. It says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. Now, if I, if I think anybody has attained anything, I would think that the Apostle Paul was that guy, right? He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. The guy had an incredible revelation. Matter of fact, we wouldn't know anything about Jesus if it hadn't been for this guy's revelation of Jesus. Did you know that? He is the apostle to the Gentiles. Turn to your neighbors and say, that's you. Yeah, it is. That's us. We wouldn't know anything about Jesus if it wouldn't have been for this man's revelation that Jesus brought to him for us. That is Christ in you, the hope of glory. But he says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. See, even Paul didn't have a renewed mind, but he had a renewing mind. He says, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself uh, to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Everybody say one thing. Now, I like this. I can do one thing. You can do one thing. All right? Now, this is the Apostle Paul. He's letting us in on a secret of his life. Now, this is a guy that I want to follow. As a matter of fact, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. You can follow my example because I'm taking you all the way to Jesus. Right? So what? I want to know what this one thing is right here. He says, one thing I do. Okay, Paul, what is it? Forgetting those things which are behind. Reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now look at verse 15. Therefore, let as many as are mature have this mind. So here's, here's a mark of maturity for a Christian, that you continually forget those things which are behind by reaching forward to what is ahead. So why do people stay immature? Because of their minds, period. How do people mature? By renewing their minds. See, forgetting, forgetting does not mean that you don't remember anymore. We don't have that ability. God has that ability, I'm glad. Concerning your sin, he forgot about it. He's forgot about it. He forgot about it. How? How did he forget about it? Because Jesus did everything necessary to cause God to say, okay, I'm done. No longer does that stand between me and you. He took that sin as far as the, and threw it as far as the east is from the west, which are infinitely apart. I love that. God has that ability. I don't have that ability, and neither do you. So it says, forgetting those things which are behind. So God knows that you can't literally forget something. I mean, it's still going to be there in your mind, but here's, here's what forgetting really means. That you're no longer focused on it, therefore it no longer has control over you. Okay? See, you, you remember that former addiction that you had, but you're not focused on it anymore, therefore it no longer controls you. You remember that those terrible things that you used to say, but you're not focused on those things now, and so therefore it no longer controls you. You remember the, the kind of attitude you used to have, right? You show up with that funky attitude and throw it all over the place. But now, praise God, you've renewed your, you're renewing your mind, and now you're not focused on that. You are not controlled by it, therefore. You remember the places that, used to, that you used to go where you found a lot of trouble. But praise God, now you're not focused on those places, you're not focused on those things, and now they no longer control you. If you don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, then you will carry stuff with you. 
And the older you get, the heavier that stuff gets. And if you don't forget and you keep those hurts, you keep those anxieties, you keep the problems of your past, and if you don't forget, then you've got to drag all those years of life with you. Right? Year after year, just dragging the same old stuff because you just won't forget about it. Right? You say things like, I just can't forget what they said to me. Right? I can forgive, but I can't forget. I can't forget how bad that hurt. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Listen, I had a, I didn't tell the earlier service this, but I had a, I had a friend who I worked for as a pastor friend. I worked for who, uh, who really, really hurt me. Um, I had left our, that church to go on staff somewhere else, and, um, and uh, I had written some songs for our church. I, I've been writing songs for many years. Well, they tried, to, they tried to take ownership. He tried to take ownership of the songs I'd written. And uh, I, it, was, it was just very, I was blown away by that attempt to do that. So it really, really hurt my feelings. And I actually had to get a lawyer involved. It was just not cool, you know. And uh, I, I remember for a while, and then every time I would see him, and unfortunately we lived in the same town for several years <laughs> after, that, after that, but I remember seeing him in town. I'm telling you, I would have this lava in my stomach. I mean, it would, I'd just feel this heat and this burning on the inside every time I'd see him. I hate to be this honest with you, but I'm going to tell you. I would, I would imagine myself physically doing harm to this man so many ways. I mean, if you, if you were to look, if you were to be able to see me in my bedroom or in front of the bathroom mirror, swinging at the air and, you know. What? But I remember one day, and, this, and, and as a result, I'm just being honest, and as a result, nothing was changing. I had completely stopped in my life because I just chose not to forget what was going on, what, what had happened. And I remember being in the restroom one day, and I was brushing my teeth, and the Holy Spirit said, how long are you going to continue down this path? Because you're not doing him any harm. You're only hurting yourself by holding on to this. And I'm, I, I just remember the lights came on. I said, okay. And I remember looking in the mirror at myself and said, Eric Holler, today you forgive and you forget. And the next day, I happened to see him. And that lava feeling started coming up again. And I started wondering, did I really forgive him? I wonder if I really forgave him. But over time, every time I'd see him, it got less and less. And the last time I saw him, we were in each other's arms and we were praying together about a situation. And it was incredible to see the progress that took place the moment 
I released this man and chose not to focus on it. Therefore, it no longer controlled my life. And I'm telling you from personal experience, you can walk out of the most hurtful situations by choosing to forgive and forget. Amen. A renewing mind is one that is continually forgetting what is back there by reaching. Now listen to me. You cannot reach if you're not forgetting. So that every good thing that God has for you will continually remain out of reach if you're still looking back, holding on to what was, still lost back here somewhere. God has all of these wonderful things and they're just right out of reach. You forget by reaching forward. Can I get a good amen? Yeah. As long as you're holding on to what was, you'll always be out of reach of what can be. Philippians chapter 4. We've gone through every chapter. Verse 4, or chapter, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Everybody say, in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I like this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The renewing mind is guarded by the peace of God. Isaiah 26.3 says you will keep him in perfect peace. I like the, word, the words perfect peace. It means nothing missing and nothing broken. You will keep him in a, in a state of nothing missing, nothing broken, whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you, right? It stayed on you because he trusts in you. Some of you know this. On Wednesday, my younger brother was in a car accident at just just south of Austin, and um, he uh, was on his way actually to go go preach at a church, and just left his house there in Kyle, Texas, and um, and he was on the phone with with his wife, and he sees this car run into a um, concrete barrier. And he told his wife, he said, honey, I just saw a wreck. And then all of a sudden, that car somehow made its way across the lanes in front of him. She apparently still had her, her foot on the gas, and that car took off in front of him. He's in their church van, and he has no time to react except just try to turn his wheel right as quickly as possible, wherein he went right into the side of her, and her car drug his van off in the ditch, and he went rolling. Now, prior to this, he, he said that... Uh, being in that 15-passenger van is a, is a secure feeling, so he never, or almost never, buckles his seatbelt. And he said, as I'm driving, he said, I get this overwhelming feeling that I need to buckle up. And he said, I, I, and I'm, yeah, he said, but I can't shake it. It just keeps coming at me, keeps coming at me. He said, finally, I physically got so uncomfortable in the van that I finally snapped it in place. He said, and 30 seconds later, I was in the ditch. Incredible. And he said, as I'm, after the whole process, he still had the phone in his hand after all of that. And he says, honey, are you there? She says, yes. He said, I was just in a really bad wreck. And, and he said, after I said that, all this pain started going all over my body. And he said, I looked over and I saw my door and there was blood all over my door. And he said, and all of a sudden this fear came on me. I was afraid to look at my body. I was afraid to discover something missing, something broken. 
something bloodied. He said, so I just sat there frozen in fear. He said, it was amazing. The wreck didn't even scare me. Went all the way through that. But when I'm sitting there in the quiet, I'm feeling things that I've never felt before. And that uncertainty brought this fear in my life. And he said, I, I feel all this wet all over my legs. And he said, I'm afraid to look down at my legs because I see the blood on the door. I have no idea what kind of damage is taking place. And I, I just feel pain all over my body. Next thing I know, there's an EMT at my window. And the EMT reaches in and begins touching his body, touching his legs, working his way down, feeling, making sure that he's able to, to move him. And he's touching all over and, and asking him to wiggle his toes. And he says, I think I'll wiggle him. I don't have any idea. I was in such shock. And uh, he said, but knowing that every time he touched me, I could feel it. Made me feel more and more confident that the guy who knew what was going on was helped bring, bring the peace in the situation. And so... See, here's the thing. This word is a certain thing. And you're going to come into situations in your life that you've never faced before. You're a human being. You don't know all things. And you're going to come in and, and, and there's going to be this, this, this uh, temptation to grab a hold of fear and worry and anxiety. Rather than trust the one who's got an answer for every situation. Who's got an answer in every situation? Are you hearing me? The Bible says that he always gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. So you can be assured of that. Anyway, come to find, after they finally got him on one of those, those flat boards and got a neck brace on him, got him to the hospital, um, and uh, the doctor, they looked over him and everything, having a hard time breathing, he bruised his ribs and stuff. Went home that night, got released from the hospital, and uh, he's in a lot of pain. As a matter of fact, he wasn't able to even preach this morning in his church, and my sister-in-law took the pulpit. And so y'all be paying for, uh, paying, praying for Pastor Brandon as he's recovering. But we were so happy to see that he made it through this. And the doctor was asking him, you know, after he's talking, he says, what do you do for a living? He said, I'm a pastor. And they're in an emergency room. So he walked over and closed the curtain. He said, now let me tell you what I, what I really think. He said, because unbelievers don't understand this. I'm here to tell you that God was with you in that thing. And you absolutely are a walking miracle tonight. The details I found out about that wreck, there's no way that you should be in this good a shape. And uh, it, it was just really awesome. And that, that wet on his lap was a glass, a cup of tea from McDonald's. He found out later on it wasn't blood. So <laughs> he's happy about that. But the renewing mind, listen to me, is guarded by the peace of God. And look, and in verse 8, Paul brings it to a, a culmination here. and says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, everybody say true. Whatever things are noble, say noble. Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report. Now, you're not going to find these kinds of things on TV. All right? <laughs> you have to turn that thing off sometimes so you can get these things in your mind. You can get these things in your mind. You're not going to get these things down at the pub. They're not, they're not going to bring you a good report there. Hmm. Hmm. Whatever things are pure, they're not a whole lot of pure things going on down there. Right? So if you want to get these things in your life, then give yourself, the, uh, put yourself in the place where they can come into your life. Right? Think on these things. Meditate on these things. If you are not renewing, you are conforming. 
And if you are conforming, ladies and gentlemen, you are losing the battle. Bring up those pictures for a moment. Now let me just say this for those, if anybody is squeamish in here, you might squint. All right, if you're squeamish. Now these were taken by a motion camera that a hunter had set up looking at tracking deer um, and things like that. And so what he caught on his camera was this deer with this coyote. And I want you to notice this deer. Isn't that a nice rack there? Now how many of you know that if you're just looking at this and you don't know much about these animals, it seems to me, uh, hopefully to you, that this deer definitely has the advantage with all those pointy things on his head, right? And, but this coyote's been, been working. Look, look, at, look at the progress back here. You see how, now from what Eric Ortenblad told me is that he's seen lots of coyotes take down deer, and he says they always attack from the backside. And what they do is they work at taking that Achilles out. And once they do, then the deer goes down, and then it's over. And those horns have no, they're, they're of no value for, for, for de defense because now he's down. And now just the next few minutes is, you see is this, these guys just tearing away at him. So if you're not... If you, are not conform, if you are not being transformed, if you're not renewing, then you're conforming. And if you're conforming, you're losing. And those thoughts, they might not seem all that bad in the beginning, but, but, but they're like this. And they just start nipping away at your life and who you are, your belief system. And all that God has for you can just, you can just not understand. You cannot, it can just fall apart before your very eyes by a process of thoughts. When you have all the ability to win this thing, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. All right, I'm almost done. Write these things down right quick, if you would. A renewing mind is hungry and desiring the things of God. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Number two, a renewing mind is focused and set on God's word. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Amen. A renewing mind is humble and willing to change. Yeah. Humble and willing to change. If you have this attitude, well, I already know that. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I know. I know. Then you're not humble and you're not willing to change. Keep yourself always in the learning process. Even if you do know it, hear it again. Especially if it's good stuff coming into your life. I was telling the early service, I had a friend who was in jail by the time he was 19 years old. He dealt heroin and uh, it was just uh, all, all kinds of, in all kinds of trouble and uh, was a thief as well. And so he's in jail and this preacher comes to talk to him. They called him Big Red. He's a tall guy. He said, Big Red, you need to make some changes. Start, you know, telling him the right kinds of things. And he, and he was going, yeah, I know, I know, I know that, I know that. And after he Every time he would say something, he'd say, I know that. He finally said, you know what? Since you know everything here in jail, how's that working out for you? Huh? I know. I know. I already know that. Right? Listen. Got to drop that arrogance. We're really not that smart. Amen? Well, especially when you look at the Word of God. And the more you live, the longer you live, the more you look, you look at that, you realize, man, God is smart and I'm not. If I just do what he says, I'll look smart. 
Amen. The Bible says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Amen. A renewing mind is believing and trusting that God is always right. You all know this scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And then the very next verse says, be not wise in your own eyes. Amen. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Praise God. Well, I hope this has blessed your life, and I hope that you can take some things into your life today that you can live right out there. All right? That's what I believe that the Bible ought to be, something that you can live. Amen. Not just read, not just hear, but live it. All right? Praise God. Let's bow our heads for a moment as we get ready to close today. Hallelujah. If I could just have every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment, I want to just talk to you here. There, there are some of you here today that, that just need to make some changes, and, and just by simply changing your mind, just changing your mind. And I, want to, I, want to, I want to encourage you today, set your mind on, on the things above. Set your mind to the things of God. Understand that He loves you and He's for you, and He's given you the ability to truly live a life of repentance. Repentance means to change your mind. And we all have to do that every day. It's, it, let it become the lifestyle of your life, a renewing lifestyle, so that you never get stuck. But you always keep moving forward. Reaching forward. Reaching forward. Reaching forward. Today, I want to encourage you. You've got things holding on, you're holding on to, stuff that you've just kept on, holding on, hurts and fears and worries and anxieties. Let today be the day that you just let that go. Let today be the day that you release your grip on that. Or as the Word of God says, casting your care upon Him because He cares for you. That burden is not for you to bear. Give it to God. 